Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Thank you for tuning into the Metal Forge. I am Mark Jackson and I'm your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What is going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. How are you all doing on this crisp? October Friday. I am doing just fine. Today I have Dustin Rawlings from the band Taken Lives from Louisville, Kentucky here in the Metal Forge. Actually here and we're going to check in with him in just a few minutes. You know, these in-person interviews are really kicking ass. It's it's really feeling good to have a few people back in here and everything. 
And coming up in the near future, you're going to get a little bit of a twofer. You're going to get a little bit of an in-person interview not done in the Metal Forge. And you're also going to get a continuation of an interview with, from another band, from the same band, actually, uh, here soon. Hopefully, the, uh, by the end of the month, we'll have them, on a, the, uh, them back on here. Kicking ass, taking names, just all around. What can I say? It's 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 awesome, and I'm appreciate I appreciate all of you for tuning in each and every week to listen to the Metal Forge and just kick ass and rejoice in metal. You know, as it were. You know what I say live is if you're here for speed, thrash, stone, or doom, whatever. We are all one big metal family, and metal will live forever through us. Right? Hell yeah! So let's check in with Dustin here in just a few minutes. Athena is back this week with a new edition of Metal Mischief. She's like really kicking ass at these. These are, you know, she's really come a long way since the beginning and I'm, I'm really digging it. And Jason too, for that matter. You know, Jason's kicking ass with, you know, the heavy metal wasteland and just keeping everybody in. They're both keeping everybody informed on what is new coming up and what they're into. And that's awesome. And I cannot wait for the 200th episode because, you know, I think we're going to try and have both of them on the Metal Forge, you know, live kind of a deal, you know, where they're both in, they're both, uh, like Athena's going to be here in person and I hope Jason can be on the phone and maybe we could do like a little uh, interview with whoever the guest is going to be for the 200th episode. And that's coming up really soon because today is 194. Six more episodes. Six weeks. Six weeks to the 200th episode. That is insane. You know, it's it's a long time coming, and it's kicked so much ass. And thank you all so much for, you know, listening and giving feedback when you give feedback. And just, you know, supporting me and telling me, hey, dude, this one, this interview was really cool. I really liked this one. Or I really liked this, uh, this line of questioning. And... You know, the, these questions that you ask this person. And that means a lot, you know, and you're all sharing the posts and so so much other stuff, you know. Just even clicking the like button, you know. And I, I've never been one of those guys to ask to rate and review or anything like that. I think I did a, a, at the beginning a few times, you know, when it became a podcast. But that stuff really does help. You know, rate and review, get a little bit of a higher rating, you know, so it shows up on more people's feeds. Share it when you can. Invite your friends to like the page. That just that just kicks ass, and it's awesome. And it is super supportive, and I love you guys for it. So go ahead. I'm, I'm rambling at this point. Let's check in with Athena. She's got some awesome stuff to tell you about. Misfits and miscreants, bangers and mashers, deviants and the deviated, the tormented and the fermented, ghouls and goblins, creatures of the night, jack those headphones, crank the volume to max, spark it up. And just relax. It's time for your deadly dose. Welcome to the next installment of Metal Mischief. On today's lineup, Spectrum Mortis, 
Bit Mizari, the incantation. In the name of Baal, the gates of hell open up and emerge Spectrum Mortis from the blistering bowels of gluttony and sin. Now, I like to throw out a little history lesson now and then. Baal is a Christian demon who is ranked as the first and principal king of hell, ruling over the east. According to some authors, Baal is a duke of hell with 66 legions of demons under his command. The term Baal is used in various ways in the Old Testament with the usual meaning of master or owner. It came to sometimes mean the local pagan god of a particular people, and at the same time, all of the idols of the land. The more I learned about this band, the more fascinating they became. So, before I dive into the album, I would like to emphasize how fucking rad I think the backstory is to this album, Bit Mesari, The Incantation. It is a real ancient Mesopotamian ritual undertaken for the purpose of purging demonic forces from a home, be it like your literal home or your vessel of your body as a, as like a home. It calls on Marduk, not the man, among other divine figures who names provide most of the song titles on this album. So, despite the anti-evil origin, Spectrum Mortis embraced the evil connotations of evoking the ancient gods. I'm getting a little parched, so pardon me while I take a sip of my bourbon. Very appropriately named Duke, but not after the Duke as we were just talking about, but after, you know, John Wayne, the Duke. Thank you, Mark Jackson from The Metal Forge, by the way, for bringing me a little bit of bourbon for this evening. He's a pretty swell motherfucker. Alright, back on to the business. Each band member is named after an influencer. So, you know, to tie this all together, let's go ahead and meet the band. And of course, if you've heard me previously, I'm horrible at people's names. And apparently I'm horrible at demons' names, too, because I'm probably going to butcher these. But I looked them up. I Googled them. I Google translated them. So I'm going to do pretty much what Google told me to do here. So bear with me. Here we go. Let's meet the band. Sharam, the initiator of suffering and infection. Ata the demon of the descending of the spirit into hell. Atha, or Atha? 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 I can't remember how Google said that one, actually. 
but he is the phantom of ritual and process of physical death. Tao, the rising of the magical self as a ghastly energy parasite. I gotta say, I'm gonna look more into these demons because all of these are pretty freaking cool. Now, getting to know the personas are key to this dark spiritual journey that this album takes you on. As integral as each instrument is, so is the backstory and physical embodiment of each of these members. Unleashing upon us the earthbound walking corpses on September 30th, 2022, this album brings an atmospheric, blackened, doom dystopia with thick smatterings of death and some seriously creepy moments with like these disembodied voices shrieking and some howling. I mean, like, it just like crawls down your spine. Part of that praise needs to go to the production of this album. Because as I found this album to be hauntingly beautiful, that was mainly because of the production quality. The tones and layers are fucking, like, silky. Like, they're absolutely beautiful. Although, you may think that this recorded... That this was recorded and summoned to life by some demons of hell. It was actually produced by Spectrum Mortis and Simon Da Silva, who also recorded, engineered, mixed, and mastered the album with the help of Luis Fernando Lopez at Empty All Studios in Madrid, Spain, not in Beelzebub's bedchambers. Someday, I hope to see these guys perform. As from what I have read, each show they conduct ceremonies. Like, authentic fucking ceremonies. Spectrum Mortis ceremonies are authentic celebrations of the fall of light in the cult of black fire under ball. This just sounds exciting and fucking spiritual. I mean, count me in, man. This masterfully produced album offers many enticing tracks, and it's hard to say which ones I really preferred. But I would have to say that track three, Uan Duga, I think, I think. Oh man, I am sure I just, you know, said that wrong, but that's okay. I think is at the top of my list. I enjoyed the album in its entirety, and I suggest that you turn off the lights, jack those headphones, because this album is perfect for the spooky season. And I would dare to say a repeatable offender, if you know what I mean. Okay, so that was the nitty. Here is the gritty. I enthusiastically urge you to go pick up this album. Download it from Bandcamp, visit their website, haunt the web, Check out your local record stores or summon some demons. 
Unfortunately, now we have come to the ear. The ear? That's kind of a Freudian weird, like, music slip, if you ask me. Yeah. We have come to the end. The end? <laughs> My dear Metal Misfits. So, if you have been sleeping through class, here are the rules. Five shots. I needed five shots to get through the motherfucker. Four shots. Meh. Could have used some oomph. Three shots. Good. Made me air drum and bang my head. Two shots. Really good. Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. One shot. Excellent. I'll probably have a bang over in the morning. So, shitty drum roll. I am going to give Spectrum Mortis, new album, Bet Mizari, The Incantation, two shots! Really good! Put that shit in the glove box for traveling. Especially for the rest of October. So, until we meet again. Have a most excellent time, and remember, keep it there. Absolutely, Athena. Thank you so much. You know, I was actually sitting in the room while she was recording that and everything, and she gets so animated. I think we're going to start, you know what? I think we need to start filming her Metal Mischief segments and putting them on the YouTube page just to see what everybody thinks about it. Because she does. She gets really animated, and it's so fucking cool. Athena is awesome. She rocks. Jason, thank you for everything that you do. You fucking rock. You know, maybe you could do the same thing. Maybe we could, you could record video to your wasteland and we could put them on on the YouTube page. Hell yeah, that would be awesome. Fuck yeah. So let's go ahead and listen to some Taken Lives. This is God Particle. I don't think God rested on the seventh day, but now I think he reveled in his creation knowing that someday it would all be destroyed.
All right, Metalheads, I have Dustin Rawlings here in the Metal Forge studio. These are always really cool because when somebody can come in and talk and, you know, you're face-to-face with somebody, it just kind of kicks ass. He is in the band Taking Lives. He is the bass player. Dude, what is going on? Oh, not much. Uh, just enjoying the uh, the October season and the fall. It feels phenomenal, finally, that summer's over. And so just getting ready for Fright Night and all the Taken Lives has coming up. How's it going with you? Dude, uh, I just did a three-shot last weekend. And um, we played in Wisconsin, and it was really kind of frigid. I was like, whoa, this is wild. Because, you know, here it's not that bad yeah. yet. And, give it time. Yeah, give it time. <laughs> and and up there, it was kind of crazy. And then we drove to Akron, Ohio, and it kind of got a little bit warmer. It was still pretty cold in the morning. And then Lexington on the Sunday, and it's like, wow, we're back to normal. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. But yeah, that whole like fall weather thing, that crispness is coming in. This is the first time I think I've ever, you know, not been roached out of my voice from playing like back to back shows and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm digging it. Agreed. And I think with this area, especially with all like the haunted houses around here, it's just like in Caulfield and all that and like Louisville Gore Club and the Georgetown Drive-In, all that. I feel like fall Halloween just is that much extra special around here. Yeah, it's like it's almost like the uh, the after school like shows that you used to watch as Mm -hmm. a kid, you know, Uh, like what is it like? uh Erie, Erie, Indiana, Indiana. Yeah. yeah, and where it's like Halloween Town and yeah. stuff like that. It actually all kind of makes sense. Yeah, and kind of like Hocus Pocus, where you want to walk down the street and just see everybody done up, and that's kind of how like Hillcrest or some yes. areas of Southern Parkway are. And I know over the last couple of years, Hillcrest had been kind of kind of relaxed a little bit mm-hmm. because of the pandemic and everything. But if you know, I always say this on on the show to anybody. It's like you know, if you're in the area come out and check this out you definitely have to if you are in the area for the entire month of october always check out hillcrest avenue in sure. in louisville because halloween on hillcrest is awesome because the whole block does their house up yeah it's awesome it's it's really cool i think we're actually my girlfriend and i are planning on going out there this weekend maybe and nice. just really and, yeah, and actually take taking the walk through. Yes, yes. Uh, because that's the other good thing about it, too, is because it's sidewalked on both sides, mm-hmm. where a lot of the, the the streets aren't, but that one is, so you can actually get an, a nice view, and it's, it's so cool. I, oh, I love sure. this time of year just for that, because I'm a huge uh, Universal Monsters fan. Like Same. I love watching uh, Frankenstein every year, The Bride of Frankenstein, The Mummy, the original, like Boris Karloff mm-hmm. Mummy. Black Sabbath, so cool, you know. Yeah, and I just, I just dig it, you know. It's the one time of year that I, you know, I do actually watch those, oh, those agreed. old school uh, horror movies. Yeah, for sure. I love those. I love the '80s uh, horror movies too, especially with like, t- uh, like with Monster Squad, where like Stan Winston took the Universal monsters but had to play around like the copyright, yes. you know, versions of them. So like, I love the Gillman in that or. Um, Frankenstein, I think he moved the bolts to the head, and, and the Wolfman, so. you know, having nards and then exploding <laughs> and all that. Uh, just all like the 80s and how crazy it is. Um, I was showing my girlfriend Terror Vision the other day. Oh, wow. And just how just 
crazy and just off the wall that movie is. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for every good, or probably I would say for every 10 good, like, 80s horror films, Mm -hmm. there's probably another 30 bad ones that are still just as cult and good on a different level. That's like, it can't always be Nightmare 3 or whatever. But it's like, but you can have this and it's... And it's cool, yeah, just I, on the same aspect. Yeah, for sure. And more than likely, Tom Atkins is in it. Um, <laughs> especially, like, Night of the Creeps is really good. Or uh, maybe unpopular opinion, I really like Halloween 3. Um, I, I mean, I know Michael Myers isn't in it, but it's still a fun, crazy movie. I mean, um, people are cool to like what they like. Yeah, you know, That's one sure, of the things sure. I've always preached on this. Yeah. Because I'm a huge Phantasm fan. Yeah. And a lot of people that I know... Uh, are not really Phantasm fans. Um, they, um, I mean, a lot of people don't like two because yeah. of uh, like James LaGrosse in it, right? And I'm totally cool with him being in there. Yeah, it's not uh, a Michael Baldwin, but still, hey, the story kicks ass mm-hmm. and it makes sense in the chronological thing. It doesn't if you jump from one to three, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's what it is. But you know what? We're totally on a tangent already, <laughs> which is totally yeah. cool because, hey, total fan, fan, fanboy out thing yeah, here. Yeah. Take us through the story of Taken Lives. Okay. Um, so, Taken Lives was founded in 2018 um, by myself and uh, Derek Tipton met up with uh, John Martin and uh, Justin Cruz and we just we really wanted to create the music that we sort of went to shows and saw back in like the mid 2000s like hardcore metalcore when people were in this area were going to like bulldogs and pappies and uh and all that so more of like a kind of a barrier dead on broken wings like dead to fall sort of sound and so we started doing that and we recorded volume one with Jordan Haynes at early grace. Right. And kind of got the ball rolling there. And it was like, right when we were picking up steam, that's sort of like when the pandemic hit and then sort of shut everything down. Um, so we've been picking back up. We've just gone through sort of a lineup change, uh, where John had to take a step to the side to focus on family. Uh, we've got Brett Griffith in now doing vocals um our was drummer jc or justin has moved to the side to still help with right um but we have ryan logston um who runs uh crypt keepers podcast definitely yeah um so he's come in on drums and so we're sort of gaining you know momentum back again and just kind of preparing for fright night and, and just kind of working to uh we released volume two another ep we're going to be in the studio here again soon um, just kind of like working our way, sort of like spreading out and just kind of getting outside of this area a little bit. Definitely. And I think that's a big, uh, there's a lot there. So let's dissect for a second here. Uh, obviously the change in vocalist, mm-hmm. uh, and huge shout out to Brett, uh, Brett are off dead, uh, on Instagram, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, huge shout out to him. He actually did, uh, one of overloads, uh, shirt designs. Nice. So Totally love the guy. He he is an amazing photographer. He is a great vocalist, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think he suits you all really well. Yeah, and I'm glad when he, when he did he was filling in on the show at the Metal Monday a, 
back in August that I think it was in August, Sometime, something like yeah. that, <laughs> something like that, that I know he was kind of still up in, didn't know if he was going to get, get the gig or not. Yeah. And then he messaged me. He's like, Hey, I'm going to be singing for these guys. I'm like, Holy shit, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. It was one of those where we didn't want to like necessarily just be like, you're our guy. You know, you know, right off until we found something that worked. And Brett had a long time ago when Taking Lives was first working or uh, rolling, just kind of being like, hey, I really enjoy it. If I was to ever come out of retirement, I'd love to like play with you all. So when John was taking a step to the side, we, you know, I, I reached out to him. And so we had him, we had the vocalist of Wretched Idol, Derek's death metal band, mm-hmm. um, also doing vocals for us. And they kind of dual vocaled at the MAGFest, the okay. MAGBARFest thing, um, back in July, July, I believe that was. Yep. And then uh, Tyler wasn't able to do the um, Metal Monday, but Brett was. So, But that's when it really clicked. I think that's when Brett was able to kind of hold his own and really just kind of dive into it. And sort of off of that, off of just personalities clicking, off of, you know, his schedule is able to do it, just everything there just kind of lined up to where, you know, we wanted him to be our guy. Definitely. And I think that's awesome that, you know, that, you know, he got a somewhat of a lengthy tryout period, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, the try before you buy kind of thing, yeah. because you guys are wanted to get the right person. Mm-hmm. And, and I totally get that where you sit there and you have like, Two, two or three tryouts over a couple of weeks and then you're just like hey do you want the gig and then a year down the road you're just like man what uh yeah don't want to fire this guy but i want to fire this guy <laughs> yeah for, for sure for sure and i mean you know it's chill like, out uh, you know brett chill out you're not fired <laughs> not yet <laughs> um you know, you, you have to be able to click with people musically, but also personality-wise. Yes. You know, I've always said when you get into a van and you're just, like, hundreds of miles down the road, that's when you discover if you really like someone or not. Very, you know, very when, true. When you're just kind of picking at each other, you know, that you, you have to be able to work together off stage as well. Definitely. And I think the big thing with that, too, is, is being a couple hundred miles down the road in a van with five other dudes or mm-hmm. four other dudes or whatever. In my case, two other guys. It's different from when you're in your 20s to when you're in your 40s. You know? yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because <laughs> now, like us, we're all chill. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, leave me alone for a little bit. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, okay, cool. You know, Or you get the one, the thing where it's like we drove through Chicago, and Chicago's a pain in the ass to drive through. Yeah, all those tolls. All the tolls for one, and just like everybody just jumps over and stuff, and you're just like, ah! Yeah. So, yeah, you get that aspect of it, too. And then it's like you find out, okay, well, this dude can't drive. (laughs) Yeah. So... You, yeah, there is a big dynamic of mm-hmm. things with that. Yeah, and it, it just it's it's really nice with both Brett and Ryan where they're both just really excited to be in the band, and so it just kind of lights a new fire. And you know, not to say that wasn't there before, but with just everything coming up with all the work that goes into Fright Night and just wanting to go back in the studio, you want to make sure that everybody's able to do it and wanting to do it. Very so much. It, it very much helps with that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, here's like a little bit of a anecdote of this. is like with Ryan. I was a fan of Ryan's band previous, Slit Throat Vendetta. Mm-hmm. And it's still him, actually. I wish they still were doing things because all the guys in that band, awesome, top-notch people. Things happen. They, they decided to split up. Uh, but 
a friend of mine who was actually in Deacons of Doom. Before Deacons of Doom, if you've seen them, uh, before they got together as what they were, the original ideas like I tried out for that band. Ryan tried out for was tried out for that band. We got together for like a practice, mm-hmm. and it's just like, eh, let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then nothing really happened. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, but yeah, absolutely. Ryan is an awesome guy, uh, stand up as well. I remember back in the day seeing all of his posts from like. Like his Marvel Legends collection, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and he's like, "I got this today," and, and he's like showing it off and everything. Like, yeah, he and I nerd so out cool. over all that, <laughs> especially with like. So I've been watching the, the new She Hulk and like Werewolf by Night and all that that they've been putting out, and I'm just like, I really liked it, but what did you think? And like, give me like the details as far as like you know what comic run was this and blah 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 blah. So to hear him kind of like geek out and go deep cut is is really yeah cool. because if anybody knows i'm i'm sure he is the one who oh, knows yeah. he's like wait a minute that's issue 31 and it's like that didn't happen in issue yeah. 31 it happened in issue 36 yeah it, it, <laughs> it it's fun though especially like we went and saw the new thor movie and so to okay. see him just like next to me and he was just like clapping the whole time and i was like this is awesome yeah yeah, yeah that see and I get that way to a degree with things. Mm-hmm. I'm more that way with like Star Wars. Yeah. And uh, like an, I've got another friend who's that way with Star Trek, and he and I avidly talk about you know it's like because he's we're both fans of both as well, mm-hmm. and he's like we're writing a song about the Klingon Empire, and I'm like that's cool. Nice. <laughs> like, yes. I mean, I mean, I personally don't write that way but it's like hey i am all for anybody who can who can do that oh for sure because for sure. it makes it fun mm-hmm. in my opinion so. yeah well i mean everything doesn't have to be about like death and heartache and all that stuff so i mean very it's, true it's nice to have something where you can kind of nerd out and if you know if someone gets the reference then that's even better oh yeah oh for sure so speaking of writing for oh. you guys mm-hmm. How does the writing process work for you all, um, especially now with two new members? Yeah, so with that, so we have songs for days right now. Um, our so was drummer Justin still he writes more than any other musician I've ever been in a band with. Um, to where he's constantly just like, "Hey, I was working on a riff," and he'll record it, get on like Easy Drummer, write a drum track to it, or he'll record guitar to it, then write drums to it. And it's like a three or four minute almost complete song. And he's like, hey, this is what I'm, I'm playing around with, thoughts. And it's just like, well, we could <laughs> we could mess around with this and see what happens. Um, but with that, we're still getting both Brad and Ryan up to speed as far as like everything that we have. So we haven't dove in too much as far as writing new stuff. But mm-hmm. I, th- I think that'll be something around the beginning of the year going in the middle of next year because we're going into the studio but it's all songs that we have prepped right and so they're able to give their own flair to it but it's like we have you know like verse chorus breakdown you know pre-chorus all that like the structures laid out but they'll still get to put their personal spins and flavors on it for sure and i think that's one of the things what i always like to ask about is being a musician Mm -hmm. and um, being an independent musician, you know, in your area and you have a member change and then you, if you continue playing the song after the fact of after that member is gone, especially a vocalist, you know, it's like, 
is it like the whole taboo thing? Like, you know, Ronnie James Dio didn't want to sing most of Ozzy's Black Sabbath songs. They wanted to write new, and I get that. But, you know, do you have that issue as well? I don't think so. I think that... So, right now, we have four songs up, um, Mm -hmm. because we've been just releasing them, like, two at a time, or I think this next one's going to be three at a time. Just the EP sort of format works best for us. Right. Um, So, it's like, with those, it's you know, hey, let's do these as they are, um, like, lyrically, and Brett's very cool with that, but as far as I'm concerned, anything that's not recorded, that's not out there streaming, you know, sky's the limit. If you want to change stuff, if you want to keep stuff, whatever, and I think he's kind of reworked some stuff, kept some stuff the same, Um, but with Taken Lives, everybody is pretty laid back as far as, you know, no real ego, and that, that helps a whole lot. Oh, absolutely does. And that's, see, that's that's awesome because, you know, like you said, and that's how I feel about a song. Once it's out there, it's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can play it different live to a degree. Like if, you know, you cut out a part because it kind of feels like it drags live, but yeah. it's recorded that way, that's cool. But, yeah, once it's out there, it's out there. I don't, I don't ever like to re-record anything personally. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the big event... Fright Night. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Oh, because man. I'm looking at the flyer here on Facebook and this is huge. I'm I'm so excited. It's, it's like it's uh the 29th. Mm-hmm. It's at Our Lady of Perpetual Hops. And now like wow, there's a lot of stuff going on. Not only is there um bands, there's also wrestling. Yeah. Tell me about it. Okay, um, yeah, so this is the first year at Our Lady of Perpetual Hops. Um, We've been running it previously at the arena. We did two other years. Fright Night 2 didn't really happen because of 2020 and Mm -hmm. the pandemic and all that, so last year's was Fright Night 3, the search for Fright Night 2. Or as Vinny from Belushi would say... Fright Night 3 would make you think it was Fright Night yeah. 2 or something like that. I really wanted to call this should... <laughs> year Fright Night 4, Oh My Gourd, and it instantly got just shut down. They were like, no. <laughs> like, Come on. Um, so, now, now, see, it, you say it like gourd, like Halloween. Yeah, Like yeah. a gourd, mm-hmm. you know, because pumpkin. Yeah, know, yeah. Or like... Uh, there was a festival that we were talking with with a band a couple of weeks ago. It was called Gord in the Heart of Texas. Nice. <laughs> it was like, so, yeah, it's like that whole double yeah. double meaning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, uh, but nobody but, saw it but you, man. Right, right, <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. It's it, it's a team effort, so everybody right. kind of has to sign off on it. Um, I initially, I think, wanted to call it Halloween Hardcore, but with having the wrestling side of it, they were afraid that everyone would think that it was just hardcore matches, and right. we don't want that. Um, but yeah, Fright Night, so it'll be at Our Lady of Perpetual Hops this year. Um, the way the format works, for anyone that's never been, um, instead of just doing just music or just wrestling, we'll have a band play, and then after they play, we'll have a few matches while the matches are going on and other bands setting up. So then, as soon as those matches are done, another band plays. When that band's over, more matches go on. So it's a constant you know, back and forth of everything. So when you go to a show... The one thing that really sucks is, you know, people taking a minute to set up, but mm-hmm. it happens. Um, whereas this, it's just constantly Straight going. up entertainment mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. I got to ask, just because of the format of the show. Okay. Have you ever seen the movie Body Slam? Mm-mm. No? No. 
Uh, okay, so the movie Body Slam has uh, Tonga Kid in it, uh, Sam F- uh, Fatu or whatever. Mm-hmm. The 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 other the twin brother of Rikishi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it has Roddy Piper, nice, and Captain Lou in it. So it's a movie from the uh, late late eighties, maybe early nineties. Okay, and it is about a manager who is a rock band manager, and he picks up a gig of managing this tag team of mm-hmm. Piper and uh, one of the Fatus, right? And he's like having rock and wrestling at the same oh, time. Nice, like, yeah. like they're the band plays in the ring yeah. and then they have the match and then it's like, so yeah, it's like total like parallel. Here. Yeah. Nice. It, it's totally cool. Nice. Yeah. I kind of, so it, the idea started when we were initially, so taking lives was starting out in 2018 and then my buddy, uh, Robert Starks or um, AKA Mouse, we, we mm-hmm. needed pictures done. So we went over to the falls and we took just standard band photos. And he was like, hey, would you want to do pictures at the arena over in Jeff? So we went over there and we just started rolling around the idea of what if we did a show. And then I'm a big Every Time I Die fan. And mm-hmm. they did Tid the Season where they were doing bands and wrestling as well. But it would be one and then the other. And then, you know, like a couple hours of wrestling, a couple hours of music. I was like, what if we just switch off? Because I was like, you know, nobody here is like that big music-wise. And it's a lot of like, you know, somewhat local, somewhat out-of-town wrestling, like this area, like the Midwest and all that. So what if we switch off? And then that gives us a chance to really kind of focus on everyone. And no one's cutting over anybody on time or anything like that. And then, you know, I feel like we've been so divided politically, religiously, everything, you know, in the world. Um, so there's no guardrails between it. You can put your hand on the mat during a match. You know, there's nothing really separating you and the bands. It's like, hey, we're all fucking in this together. Let's just have fun on Halloween. Definitely. And celebrate together. See, that's awesome because that whole concept of what you just said, you know, we're all in this together. And I have totally tried to preach that the whole time of doing this show is like, you know what? People like what they like. They are, you know, they love who they love, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. you know. No band is anybody's guilty pleasure or anything like that. This is totally straight up, you know, do it for the love of doing it. Yeah. And and I totally get that. So I'm looking at the actual lineup here. Okay. And obviously, you uh, Taking Lives Mm -hmm. is playing you guys. (laughs) I'm going to do that here. Um, Prayer Line. Mm -hmm. Now, I see an interesting thing here. All right. I see... Ghost Bomb, which I love Ghost Bomb. Yeah. I, uh, the Molotov broadcast. So catchy. I so love catchy. it. Nine of the Sentinels is my favorite song on there. Yeah. Uh, and, and yes, it is about that that issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Sacretaro. Yeah. Is that, are you all doing a, an actual reunion so, show? So yeah, um, them, us, I guess I'm, I'm helping out with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, they're doing a split set. Um, oh. When, so, I, Blake Lockman is who sort of set up us working with Our Lady of Perpetual Hops. He's friends with one of the owners. And then, so, he kind of set that up. And so, with that, I was like, well, I'd be interested in Ghost Bomb playing. Prayer Line is fucking perfect for oh, this yeah. show. They are perfect for it. Um, but with that, you know, being there and then it just kind of, the ball got rolling of, well, would 
anyone be interested in this? And they really started pushing for it. And so they're going to do a split set. And each of the bands, I think, gets half an hour. Um, and then so they'll split that. And I think there's three songs being planned. Nice. Uh, for, for that little reunion there. Nice. See, that's awesome because, you know, and and you all had a massive following back in the day, you know, like mm-hmm. like in the uh, the FFC days yeah. and everything. And anybody who know yeah. anybody who's from this area, you'll know what I mean when I say the FFC days yeah, or the warehouse days. Yes, the warehouse days. It's even farther yes. back. Seeing seeing <laughs> Dead to Fall like you know once a month there. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know that alone is you know more than worth the price of admission. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know because. You know, you're going to get the nostalgia group out there with that because everybody knows it's like, wow, they're going to see that name. It's like, I haven't seen them in years. And, you know, is uh, now is the show all ages? Is mm-hmm. it 21 and up? It is all ages. Um, that was the one thing that I really wanted to push, even though they it is at a brewery, um, you know, and they will be serving alcohol. Uh, we are still able to do it all ages. Nice. Um, so, you know, that's one thing I wanted, you know, to make sure that everyone could come and like for our merch table specifically or taking lives i got a bunch of free candy um or i bought a bunch of candy to have out at the merch table you know Mm -hmm. i want it to be kind of a family thing i mean it's halloween and all that so i want to you know push people to like if you want to dress up if you want to have fun and all this like you know it's there it's essentially a big halloween party with music and wrestling nice and and see that's totally cool because you know, I know some of my fondest memories um, of being a kid was going to like the the garden shows at, mm-hmm. for USWA, and that's totally cool. And you know, being like eleven, twelve years old, going with friends, and that's all, that's fun. And that's kind of like what I get with this as well. It's like because you got these, you know, the independent shows, and then you've got the music that goes with it, mm-hmm. and that's really cool because your age group. You know, and we're similar age, you yeah. know, uh, mid to late thirties, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, yeah, thirty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so with our age group, you know, when they're gonna see like the Sacred Sorrow name and everything, then it's like I used to watch them back in the day, and they could bring their kids and mm-hmm. and and get to experience it as well. Yeah, even though it's you know you say it's three songs, whatever. Yeah, it's still it's still something. Yeah, and I think with a lot of it too, um, with I feel like because the the two kind of like groups that we have coming so whether you're there mainly for music or mainly for wrestling i feel like mainly with people going there for music they may not be as big into wrestling right. or you know the only thing they know of is wwe or sports entertainment whatever <laughs> um so they don't really know you know wrestling right and so when they go it's you know, they're able to see it up close and, you know, like see everybody and interact with people and stuff. And so they really end up having a great time with it. Um, and then with people coming for wrestling, it may not be their cup of tea musically, but they're able to experience something new. So if I can kind of get one person that's, you know, coming mainly for one thing that becomes a fan of another and, you know, just has a good time overall, then I think that's a win. Oh, absolutely. I do too. And obviously, um, You've got some awesome, you know, independent wrestlers coming mm-hmm. in. Cole, Cole Radrick, uh, Trey Lamar, Billy Starks, uh, Braden Lee, Charlie Cruel, and the list goes on. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, Brogan Finley's wrestling this year. I'm, I see that here. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, Fit Finley's son. Yeah. I 
insane. Yeah. You know, and and you had said, uh, you you know, before that, you know, you had Danhausen one year, mm-hmm. and I love Danhausen. Like, I think he is a great wrestler, and I love Danhausen the character. He's carved out an amazing niche for himself. Oh, for sure. You know, and I I always love the tagline, and anybody who gets it gets it because not a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Is Love that Dan House. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a big shout-out to uh, to Mouse, where he handles all that, because he and Billy are traveling all over the U.S. with um, with wrestling and him taking pictures and everything. Uh, she was just at the Mall of America. Oh, wow. Not long ago, where I Side think... of the first Nitro. Right? I think that was the last wrestling show they had done there. Was <laughs> So it's like, I would have gotten... Like, I would have had to have bought a white shirt and just re, you know, redone like the Lex Luger walk out where he just stands, stands there. there. Yeah. I remember watching that. And I remember watching SummerSlam and he was he was wrestling on SummerSlam and then like Raw the following week was preempted. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't have one because of the dog show. And it was one thing with It U- always U- threw off their times. It did. Uh U- USA Network. Yeah. Get over the fucking dog show. <laughs> I think it still does actually. Yeah. Um and then seeing like Nitro on, and like Luger was there, and I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" Yeah, and it's like he doesn't wrestle there, and it, and that was like the whole start of the thing. Oh, the Monday Night and, Wars were fantastic. And, and you know, going back and watching like that first year of WCW Nitro, it's really fucking awful. Yeah, <laughs> until yeah. until. Uh, Hall and Nash came in and they started that going. It's just like it. There was a lot of campiness there, like the oh, Dungeon sure, of Doom sure. and everything. It's like, come on, guys. Yeah, but that whole like was it ninety six, ninety seven. That when... was uh, ninety five, ninety six on the on the uh, on like that first year, and then yeah, uh, mid ninety six is when. Hall and Nash came in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was getting to. So, like, with like that and that whole like transition, that build up into that Starcade and who Sting with and mm-hmm. all that. Like, it's just while the match with Sting and Hogan wasn't all that great, you know. Right. Still, that whole build up, like, I was just well. There are a couple of up. limited guys. Yeah, let's just say that. Yeah, I mean. Hogan's limited because he knew he he was used to the the, the WWE style. Yeah. Uh, if you anybody out there listens to uh, something to wrestle with uh, Bruce Pritchard, is uh, Hogan's got a pose. Yeah, yeah, this is true. <laughs> anybody who knows that, yeah, just Scott Hall, just being one of the best on the mic. I think his overall look is just like you know that like villain. Like you want to hate this guy, but he's yeah. so cool. Yeah, and you know we're gonna talk wrestling here for a minute, so <laughs> so don't anybody tune out because you know that's like the whole thing. Like what you were saying, he did look like that villain mm-hmm. uh, just in general because you know you got in that in that time period where you know Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and all of those guys you know shaving the chest crap and all that and even Kevin Nash doing that too Hall didn't do that no probably the best stubble in the business <laughs> right he's the only one that could pull it off I yeah. mean the only other person who could pull off a stubble was Hogan when he when he uh, went to Hollywood and it was black because yeah, so he mascaraed his uh it's so bull- weird. And then you've got DDP just, you know, permed out and just... I, and, and Big early, DDP fan. And, 
I agree. Yeah, DDP is awesome, but like that whole like early, like the 95, mm-hmm. 95, 94 era of DDP is just like, oh my gosh. But he was like 38 years old yeah. when he started. Yeah, I still think he should have beaten Goldberg Streak. I think that yeah, I'm instead not of, a Goldberg instead of the, fan. Uh, instead of the Booker doing it. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> but it's like, I think out of all the matches he's ever had, I think DDP gave him his only good match. Yeah, I could get that. Um, for sure. Like, uh, the whole Goldberg thing, I love how they dissect it now. Like, uh, I'm I'm a Cornette fan. I, I like... To a degree. Yeah, so I enjoy... I think some of his takes are hot takes for the sake of being hot takes. Yes. Like, it would not shock me, maybe this is sacrilege, if he and, like, Tony Khan and all of them are like, hey, we should talk about this, and then you hate this guy because you just hate this guy, so this is going to drive ratings. But I love his, just, like, his wrestling mind. I wish that he would do a podcast where it was just, like, here's what was going on during this time. Like, here's, like, here's the 80s. And, like, no, like, like I can listen That's to That's why I love the Bash deep dives. Yeah, but, like, I love I love Omega. I think to deny Omega of being an athlete is just ridiculous. Crazy. Yeah, like, you know, the, the dude can move. But it's just, to me, I look at, I, at wrestling kind of as ice cream, where it's like there's a flavor for everybody. Right. You know? No, there absolutely is. And, I mean, you could... Comedy and wrestling is a big thing, mm-hmm. for sure. It always has been. It always will be. That's why we have characters like Danhausen and Doink. Mm-hmm. You know the yeah. you know the whole evil clown thing with with Doink, and but he was funny to yeah. a degree. You know, especially you know when there was the one under the ring and they're doing the the yeah. mime thing with each other, and it's like the mirror. But you know, it's interesting to sit there and to, to see Jim shit on a lot of stuff that goes on mm-hmm. when he produced the Christmas creature. Yeah. Yeah. And then for him to like so what really kind of upsets me sometimes with him is like with like Orange Cassidy. Right. Where I think, I mean, love him or hate him, the dude got himself over. Yeah. And know? that's really what it's about. And so, you know, when he puts his hands in his pockets and dives out, like that's got to be terrifying, you know. And then for Cornette to be like, I hope he breaks his neck or, like, busts his head <laughs> open. And it's just kind of like, really? Because you don't like his shtick? Like, you're wishing death upon this man? Like, right. Yeah, that, see. That, there, that's a bit much. I mean, you're, you're promoting an independent wrestling show. He lives in Louisville. Yeah. You can send the invite. I mean, if he it's, wants it's, to show it's up. It's Jim at Jim Cornette. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) sorry, I probably need to cut that. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to show up, by all means, I don't know as far as, like, who all, because there's a lot of independent wrestlers on the show. I don't know how how everyone wrestling feels about him, so that may not be my call to say let him in, but, hey, I mean, fuck it. (laughs) Right, exactly. I I mean, if he wants to, like, go on Twitter and, oh, I got kicked out of of this and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Can I do it? That's great. Can, promotion. can I do By it? By all means. I can't believe these motherfuckers. They kicked me out of their fucking wrestling show. <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I can do Bruce's I mean, Bruce's gym. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it would be fantastic promotion. I will give him a Taken Live shirt and say, here you go. Here's a consolation prize. You know. Do it like, yeah, slap it in his hand when he said he didn't want any money like Paul did to mm-hmm. him, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Yeah, that's you know that's probably one of my favorite stories of his is the uh, is the Jerry Lawler uh, incident where Lawler invades ECW mm. and uh, Jim was there and he he brokered it as a favor to uh, Chris and Tammy because they were they were rebooking all of the ECW stuff and, mm-hmm. and are you familiar with the story? Not it was the, too much. It was uh, where. Jim only agreed to do it if Paul would shake Dennis Car- uh, Dennis Corluzzo's hand mm. and, you know, bury the hatchet with him for stealing Eastern Championship Wrestling. Mm. And so he did it, and they were supposed to work together. And then Jim's like, I don't want any money. And he ended up, like, calling a limo service, taking him out to Mort- Morton Steakhouse, mm. and... And all of this other stuff, and then as he's walking out the door, he slapped an envelope in his hand and just pushed him in the in the limo. And as soon as they shut the door, the driver ran out, like rah, burned out. And he and he had an envelope had seven hundred and fifty dollars in it. Mm. And uh, he went back on uh, Heyman went back on everything that he he had did for Dennis. Yeah, nice. Because <laughs> apparently that's. How Paul Heyman is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like everybody in that industry is pretty cutthroat as far as you get, like, to a certain, yeah, you know, height. As, um, but maybe you have to be in that business. I don't know. Well, I mean, it, I think it's the thing of there's always somebody gunning for the top spot. Mm-hmm. And top guy gets hurt. You yep. know who's going to come up and take his take his place. You this know? is true. This is true. And I think that's why, honestly, they pushed Cena for as long as they mm-hmm. did, and kept him a face for as long as they did. Yeah. And because in that time period, who was going to step up if if he left or if he got you know if he got hurt or whatever? Yeah. Nobody could. And it's just like the same way now. It's like who's going to top reigns in yeah. WWE right now on their, with their roster, who's going to step yeah. up and who's going to be able to get that win. Yeah. I think it, you know, honestly, if it's not the right person, it's, it's going to immediately bury them. Yeah, like this Cody, he'll get buried. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't watched WWE in so long. Yeah. I've, I was championing AEW for a long time just because I think competition breeds greatness and, well, I grew up more of a WCW guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, WWE just came on later, and I had to be in bed at 10 when I was a kid. So right. I just, WCW was my thing. Yeah, um, and you had the two hours. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So beforehand. I could just do that. Um, but with just like how they were treating wrestlers and all that, and then sort of like the allegations against Vince and how they've kind of handled that. And it's just like, man, just not really a fan. But I. I don't know with, with like Triple H come you know sort of doing stuff. It'll be interesting to see for me. Like I loved NXT. I thought NXT oh, yeah. was before was Kevin Dunn and Vince took it yeah, over. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like basically when you had what when uh, with like FTR and American Alpha, oh, and yeah. DIY and all that. Like they were just yeah. tearing the house down. Like those, um, all those NXT like pay per views were. Oh yeah, so they were good. great. Yeah, and I mean, I got to go a couple of times to see NXT. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you were at those shows. Yeah, too. yeah, the Evansville one. Yeah, because I think we'll, yeah. We'll, yeah, yep. Because uh, I remember seeing you at the Evansville show. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, that was great. Um, just like it felt like wrestling when I was a kid. Honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. it felt old school. 
I mean, just like when Sean Spears was there. Yeah. And uh, it was just, it was awesome. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like, I would like to get back to the point where I'm able to watch WWE. It's it's going to take some time. Yeah, yeah because it, it, it's just really going to take some time. And, like, I mean, even with, like, AEW right now, I just feel like I'm kind of, like, burned out right now. Where I think I saw where it's, like, it's Jericho versus uh, Daniel Bryanson. Or Brian, Brian Danielson. Danielson. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, you know, where it's, like, them again. And it's, like, that's cool. But it's, like, man, just give someone else a shot. Like, Brody King is wrestling right, right. now. Like, would love to see him holding it or like well, anybody right now. And and I would love to see, you know, and I I've like championed this guy for a long time cuz I think he's got something. Miro. Oh, yeah. Even yes. when he was Rusev in WWE, yeah. he had something then. You could tell. Yeah. But like, you know, you got got that uh, the grind down from from WWE about mm-hmm. pushing him because, you know, Vince having the issue with people with an accent. You know, which sucks because that's why Cesaro never. Uh, so, or, you know, that's Cla- insane Claudio. to me. Claudio should like. I think he would be because he to me to look at him, he looks like a Bond villain. Yeah, he and does. the fact that he's fluent in was it six or seven different languages. Yep. So like, it writes itself. He looks like he was carved out of stone. Yeah, and he can move. And, so and when they when they did the whole King of Swing thing mm-hmm. with him and put him with Heyman for like a week. Yeah. And he was going to be Heyman's next guy, and it was just like, and then they pulled the plug immediately on it, not even like giving it a real chance. And it's like, man, he really had something. Yeah. And but no, I mean, it just sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think both AEW WWE. I think they both have really good rosters. Um, it's just what what are they going to do with them? Exactly. And, because you know, with the trimming the fat on the WWE side over the pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and then a lot of them getting picked up by AEW who they run into the same problem yep. is not enough time. Yeah. Because you, when you're looking at making the investment to watch something, you know, it's gotta be entertaining moment to moment mm-hmm. to moment. Mm-hmm. Same thing with metal shows same thing with independent wrestling shows or and or on disney plus yeah it's got to be entertaining moment to moment to moment if it's not you're changing the channel or you're walking out the door yeah and i mean i'm fine with some sort of lulls if there's a payoff you know where it's like you know give me long-term storytelling and i feel like that's the issue whereas like you know we could disagree AEW or WWE but at the same time we're wrestling fans yeah, and it's like and I just want long term awesomeness and yeah. I want both to be great because then we benefit off of that yeah because and, we get know, another Monday prefer, Night War thing yeah I would prefer to not just watch like Wrestle Talk or What Culture or whatever to get like my highlights and so or in my case uh, Cage Side Seats yeah yeah and <laughs> I am totally on on there at least every two days seeing what happened and and it, you know it to me it's like long term storytelling yes mm-hmm. but have the payoff yeah when it's don't let them get in each other's face five weeks in advance yeah every single week or this guy goes and power bombs this guy through the announce table, and it's still four more weeks before uh, before they actually are supposed to pl- yeah. 
be on pay-per-view or you know whatever pay-per-view is now yeah and streaming to, like give me little taste of everything like bringing back to like wcw like i think arguably they may have had their strongest division was their cruiserweight division yes back in the day and they were the seeing, workhorse seeing people like when i was a kid like juventud guerrera or like la parka and like ultimo dragon i think it's one of the reasons that you know their looks drew me in but then seeing the moves it's like the lucha bros now um, but I think that's to circle all the way back around, kind of like with Fright Night, where we have people from all over to where we're providing a little taste of everything. You know, they're not all wrestling the exact same way. Definitely. And I think that's a big plus. Absolutely. So, back circling all the way back around <laughs> to that. Got off on the wrestling tangent here, which is totally cool because I love it. Uh, you've got a ton of sponsors. Yes. You know, uh, Griffith Photography, of course. Yes. Uh-huh. Fright Night would not be possible this year without the sponsors that we have on board. Definitely. And I will put a link to the flyer on this as well. Thank so, you. again, 1029 Our Lady of Perpetual Hops. Uh, what's the What's the cover? It is 15 at the door, uh, 13 in advance right now. Uh, okay. Tickets are available online. Okay, and we'll put a link to it. Cool. Thank to uh, uh, Eventbrite or whatever mm-hmm. the yeah, link yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, we'll put a link to it here in the description below. So let's go ahead and break over to some general questions here. Okay, sweet. And, you know, we kind of went a little longer on the wrestle yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it is totally good. So we're yeah. only going to go with a few of the deck here. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. But... To circle back to the wrestling talk. Okay. Favorite wrestler of all time. Oh, God. I have had this discussion so many times, and it depends on the week. Um, well, give me a top three. So, yeah, I have kind of like a Mount Rushmore, you could say. Okay. So, I have a Four Horsemen tattoo. Nice. But I'm a bigger Arn Anderson fan. I could get that. He, to I me, mean, is the just, enforcer. He's the dad at the end of the block that doesn't take shit from anybody. Um, so, I would definitely put him up there. Um, I would put Diamond Dallas Page up there. Right. Um, I th- think maybe Macho Man would be on there. All right. Uh, four current wrestlers, I would throw Omega on there. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, can I throw two and say maybe the Legion of Doom or yeah, um, Dun- or yeah, Legion yeah, the of Legion Doom. of Doom. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Both Ask me tomorrow, and it'll be, be a different, different list. Right, But For it sure. just depends, because there's always, I feel like, somebody that, like, I forget, or I'm just like, oh, fuck, this guy, <laughs> like, had this match. Because, I mean, for a long time, I was the big CM Punk fan. And right. I think, you know, current events aside, like, the dude can talk better than just about anybody, and some of his matches are tops. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think that maybe current list... For right now mm-hmm. at seven forty four. Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, favorite match? Do you have oh, a favorite man. match? Um, that one, that one match that you just immediately go back to. Oh, man, that you could rewatch over and over again. I I'll say favorite moment in a match and then moment leading after. Okay. I think as much as I don't like him as a person, the heel tone or the Hogan heel turn and was that Bash of the Beach? Yes. I love where, <laughs> like to see just a nerve exposed in raw emotion with people chucking stuff. I think there's a point where Scott Hall like hits something out of the air or maybe something hits him <laughs> and he uses it as like hair gel yep. to be that cool in a situation. <laughs> 
Um, just like that moment. And meanwhile, you have Gene Okerlund, who I wish was still around to do a tell-all. Uh, if we could get like you know, yeah. like the backstage with all that. But that um, you know, I loved the Pillman uh, like Heenan stuff, <laughs> like all of that. I love that because after Heenan had the neck surgery. And they told everybody to stay away from him because he's still going to be doing commentary. Mm -hmm. And on WCW Saturday night, (laughs) they didn't cut it out because it's a pre-recorded show. Pillman goes over and grabs him by the shoulders, and uh, Bobby Heenan's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So just that, like like that, that to me like sticks out. You know, I mean, because yeah, they're like. Um, what was it? All in. I think it was Omega versus Penta. Like that match, mm-hmm. I think is phenomenal. But from just like an emotional standpoint, like seeing like what really sticks with me, I think like the Hogan Hill turn, or yeah. maybe even like the Punk Cena Money in the Bank. Okay, like yeah, that, yeah. What was that like? Is that when and when he cashed in on? That was when they were in Chicago, and then like he won, like they had that you know after the pipe bomb like yeah. promo, and then you know Punk wins and like kisses goodbye and all that. That just like I've never seen wrestling in Chicago, and that's like, like a bucket list thing. Oh like, yeah, I Be, it, yeah, especially if it's somebody from there. Yeah, you know, uh, and I think. Uh, LOD being billed from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're from Minnesota yeah. originally, but like being billed from Chicago, they had like a crazy, crazy crowd of people. Yeah, and like hearing, like, I think it may have been Arn at one point where he was like, they did a mixed tag or something, and he was like, I hated tagging with them because they would like smack your hand so hard it'd like bust the blood vessels. Yeah. It's just like, those dudes are just like 80s cartoons just like walking oh yeah person, oh for know? sure it's like watching masters of the universe in live action yeah, yeah. yeah. and not the Dolph Lundgren in live action either. yeah right <laughs> right uh i will agree yes the hogan heel turn from from uh bash at the beach knowing that no one knew he was there mm-hmm. he it was like he sat in the limo or out in the out in the bus somewhere until it was time for him to walk out and he had not committed to the idea. Yeah. And it was messed up. And uh, and later on, uh, Tony Schiavone hates Bobby Heenan to this day mm. because of oh, when yeah. Hogan walks out. Yeah, he's like, who is he here for? Or yeah, something he's like, like who's, that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but whose side is he on? That's all he said. And he gave away. He, uh, Tony said that... Bobby gave it away on commentary, yeah. and he uh, he like hated hates him to this day. Uh, but my favorite moment in wrestling is the sign off from that same show, and it's the last words that are spoken on there, and it's Tony Schiavone saying, "Hulk Hogan, you can go to hell." <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um. <laughs> I I I. I, I send that to a friend of mine like every so often where it's just like a screen grab mm-hmm. of it and it's like Hulk Hogan because he's a Hogan mark yeah he's like you can go to hell yeah <laughs> I just I don't know just something about that time period to me oh, yeah. maybe, maybe it's just like the nostalgia but it's just like everything was just it, everything magical. clicked on all yeah. cylinders yeah definitely nice. um, moving on what is the first band that you discovered on your own oh man Oh, I don't know as far as on my own. So I remember um, back in like the early 2000s going to like Your Ecstasy. Okay. And that, that was kind of my like 
right discovery of or, or not really discovery but it's like getting introduced to like hardcore and everything um i don't really know of a band that i discovered on my own um that's kind of hard i can tell you who got me into metal which was metallica okay but they were kind of my gateway listening to uh injustice for all okay and then I want to say it was maybe like On Broken Wings that got me more into like the hardcore and stuff. I had friends that introduced me to it, but it was like high school for me was just sort of like going to your ecstasy and not really having like bills to pay at the time. Right. And then just like, let me get this CD and this CD and like, you know, and this and that. And then going to see bands like Year of Desolation at uh, at Bulldogs back in the day and right. then, or uh, Three Nails for a False Prophet at, what was it, the Keswick Club yeah. or, um, or American Legion and just oh, yeah. all those. Back in the day, those those shows like Keswick Democratic Club, uh, the American Legion shows, you know, awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Bulldogs, I mean, yeah, it's a little less to be desired. We, I, I mean, same. It, it, was a good, it was a good place, but yeah. it was, you know, Darren out there... Um, I, I think the last two times we played there, we made twenty bucks each time, uh, and it's like, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, going to like Pappy's back in the day, and oh yeah, seeing like so, I was a big like Eulogy Records mark. So like seeing Remembering Never coming through, or like um, when Glass Casket Nodes Vranvier came through, and just being like a very like impressionable, um, you know, youth, and also you know won't go into it but like going through a lot of family stuff and so like discovering hardcore discovering straight edge all that and just like filling a community right in hardcore and aggressive music and all that i think that's been my biggest thing is just to kind of replicate that and to just kind of give that to anyone else that may be struggling with anything under the sun definitely hell yeah um what is the most important thing you carry with you at all times um, even though I love to be away from it, probably my phone. I feel like it's my lifeline to everyone else. Um, or, you know, like, it's how to get in touch. But at the same time, I love when I don't have it. So, probably my phone. As much as, I kind of hate that answer. I get that. Because it's, you know, it's, a, it's again, it's separation of, mm-hmm. you know. you got to get away from it, you know taking breaks from social media is a big thing yeah i especially i work social media so being away from it is great yes great for sure uh what famous person's memoir would you like to read or audiobook or audiobook um so i'm a massive maybe an understatement i'm a massive jurassic park fan um so getting in like spielberg's head Ooh. And then on top of yeah, that, because with he doesn't do like, commentary. Yeah, tracks. with him doing Jaws, with him doing ET, with being at like the forefront of everything, it would be cool to see what he hasn't put out. Like what was pitched that like we haven't seen, right? And then like having a hand in like Universal and like all these other things. Like what are the discussions that like he and Lucas have? Oh yeah, or like he's that whole or, like, best friend thing. Yeah, or like John Williams and all that. Anybody like that or with that or like a John Carpenter? Any, like I love the thing, the 1982 thing. So it's like either of those, I am all down for. Definitely, definitely. So one more question. Okay, but before we get into it. Uh, as always, links are listed below, so please give a like, a share, and a follow. We're talking about social media again. <laughs> uh, and, you know, just support in any way you can because everybody needs it. These dudes kick ass. They're all stand-up people. 
Do you have any shout-outs you want to give today before we go? Um, Yeah, I will shout-out um, everyone in the BSB camp. Um, all of Taken Lives and our crew, friends and all that. My amazing, beautiful girlfriend who has listened to me talk about Fright Night and everything a million times over. And... Uh, not slit my throat in my sleep yet. So <laughs> I'm, I'm thank glad you, you put yet in there. Patience and understanding with that, <laughs> for sure, absolutely. And again, Our Lady of Perpetual Hops, the 29th. What time? Um, I believe doors are at 6:45 bell time, 7:30. Awesome. And 13 in advance, 15 day of. Mm-hmm. Go out, check it out. If you're in the area, it's going to kick ass. Final question of Uh-oh. the day. What was the worst time you ever put your foot in your mouth, and what did you say? Oh, man. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think of a moment that comes to me when I'm, like, showering or, like, about to fall asleep. (laughs) Um, I don't don't really know. Off the top of my head, um, I mean, I'm sure I've said some stupid, ignorant stuff, but... We all have. Hopefully I've... I've grown from that. I'm not really sure, honestly. Okay. Um, no, it happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm far from a perfect individual, but I, you know, I mean, hopefully, I've grown from whatever. Well, and that's the thing too. You know, uh, not remembering something like that might actually be a sign of saying, you know, that you have felt forgiven for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Yeah. Definitely. Dude, Dustin, thank you so much for hey, coming thanks in for this week. Me. This has kicked ass. This has been one of one of my favorite conversations. They're all my favorite conversation, but you know, this, you know, getting to talk about wrestling and yeah. everything and, you know, Bret Hart forever except for crotchety old Bret Hart like oh, I right do now. love Bret Hart though. Yeah, I know. Me too. More reason to not like Goldberg. <laughs> More reason to not like Goldberg. <laughs> Damn right. Who's next? Right. Not you, no pal. One. No um, one. So what are we playing out today from the songs that you sent me? Um, Let's end it with Latchkey Kids. It's normally our set ender. So let's, why don't we sense. end this with Latchkey Kids? Awesome. You heard him. This is from Taking Lives. This is Latchkey Kids.
saw me. Even I didn't know if I really existed. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine, an independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio. Something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. 
business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. Uh, so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is the Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. No. <laughs> yeah. Weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you'll receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now... We're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. 
You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on.